Hello, and welcome to Together Grown. My name is Cassie Garcia, and before I get started on this series on the early years and getting started with homeschooling, I want to take a minute and introduce myself, tell you a little bit about my background, about why I chose to homeschool my children, and what interested me and caught my eye about specifically Charlotte Mason. So I am Cassie Garcia. I'm 34 years old. I have three children. My husband and I have three children. We have a two-year-old, a four-year-old, he just had a birthday, and a five-year-old who will be six here in a few months. So excited about really getting his education going and the other ones are learning already and it's just been so exciting. But let me tell you a little bit about my background. So growing up, my mother was a teacher, and I'm I'm sure that that influenced me probably in ways I don't even realize, just watching her, and it was a great career for her to have with my sister and I growing up because we had the same schedules. She was always there. We usually went to the school. She taught at some Christian schools, and we would usually go wherever she taught. Of course, the Christian schools in our area were not very... Um, not very large. A lot of times something would happen and she'd have to leave. So we were never in the same place very long. So, you know, we were in a really good Christian school and then they would close maybe the, the grades that my mother was teaching down or for some reason she would have to leave. It happened several times. And, um, we would be in the public school for a year and then back in another Christian school and then it was something would happen and bad, and it was never anything crazy or bad, but for one reason or another, we were kind of back and forth. So I was in several different Christian schools and I was in public schools in between those times. But, um, so I think that gave me a little bit of an interesting perspective growing up with those backgrounds of my own schooling. Then as I got older, even when I was still a child myself, really, as soon as I got into youth at church, I was old enough to start helping with the children's church. I immediately jumped in. I loved it. And it didn't even, I didn't even think about it. I wanted to be a teacher too. So however much that had to do with my mom, I'm not sure. I pursued elementary education. I never even thought about it. Our high school, I did end up in the public school, our area public schools, high school, and it was in Ohio, and they had a program, uh, a post-secondary enrollment program, where I could go to college during high school, and the cost was covered, and I would take the same classes I would take in high school, um, and it would apply to both, and so I ended up graduating from high school with a bachelor, no, not a bachelor, sorry, it was my last two years, with just a liberal arts associate's degree, And I was able to sneak in some education classes even there. So when I went on to college, I went to another local college and got my bachelor's in elementary education. And I was always in such a hurry. I don't know where I thought I was going so fast, but I was in such a hurry. I graduated early because of those classes I was able to take and rushed to start teaching. I was so excited to just delve in and devote my life to teaching. And I was not about to do what my mom did in that I was not going to teach at the Christian schools because I saw the struggle and I know she wanted us in those schools. She wanted to really help provide a good education for us and wanted to be there and felt that that's what God wanted her to do. And it was really a great experience for us growing up, but I know it was hard on her because they don't make any money. That hardly any and not nearly enough. And then her, she, as we grew up, she, 
um, was able to start teaching in the public schools. And so her retirement, we joked about how we would retire together because hers didn't start until then. So I did not want to do that. I didn't want to, I didn't want to fall into that as well. And I honestly, she had talked about it too. I felt that the public schools was where I needed to be. And, and she, my mom, jumped into a low-income school after we graduated and and just loved on the kids and did the best she could do. So I wanted to do that too. And honestly, when I graduated, it was not so easy to find a teaching job. They were a little rarer and harder to come by than they tend to be right now in today's school culture. So I applied for everything when I graduated. I applied for every job, whether I was qualified or not, I applied for it. And I thought, if I get my foot in the door, if they don't have anyone else, maybe they'll hire me and either I can find another job later or become qualified in that position. So for instance, um, I applied for a math position for middle school and I did not have the middle school math certificate. So um, I could have gotten it and then earned that certificate. But I would I was interviewing for everything and at the same time I was substitute teaching in all the different areas and different grade levels. I was subbing um in different subjects and grade levels and I honestly I couldn't even everyone would say, "What was your favorite t- subject?" and I'd say, "I don't know. I love them all and I loved just different things about all of them." I never thought that I would like middle schoolers. I never even considered it, but as I started substituting in especially where my mom was teaching in a middle school at the time I just fell in love with the students and their um it's just a totally different world of of their curiosity and their independence compared to what I had mostly worked with with elementary school and so I loved that more than I thought I would but I was at an interview it was just it was such a god thing I was at an interview for it was a technology position a technology um somebody a specialist who helps teachers implement technology in their classroom so they work in the school so they also can kind of help fix tech stuff because you know that needs to happen but that wasn't really the job the job was to help teachers implement technology in their lessons in their classes so I'm like well I don't have any special certification for that but I'm decent with technology I'm gonna try to apply for this so I went to the interview at the Board of Education the interview was going well I thought And as um, one of the people interviewing me was talking, she she mentioned she was the head librarian in the county. And um, she asked me if I might be interested in, instead of this job that I was in the middle of the interview for, if I might be interested in a library position. And they're like, yeah, let's be honest. We kind of know who we're hiring for this position. So, um, but in the building in another room is the principal and their librarian had um, just a huge health crisis. She had an aneurysm. It was horrible and um, is not able to return this year. And it was almost the beginning of the school year. Do you think you'd want to talk to her real quick? They need just a long-term sub in there for right now, but if if you like it and you want to stay, it may become permanent. So I said, yes, please. <laughs> and I had never considered being a librarian, but it sounded interesting. I'm sure I can do it. I So we talked. I've just fell in love with the principal. She was excellent. She was 
so easy to talk to and encouraging and, and had so many great things going on that I, they offered me the long-term sub and I went. And seven years later, I had been at this elementary school. It was a small school. Um, I knew every student by name, first and last name, and how to spell it because I was their librarian and I had to make sure in the system that I had the right student. I had just fallen in love with research and helping students find new ways to find information, not just, um, and yes, and a love of reading and a love of finding what they're interested in. And I, and I just, I loved learning a student's interest and helping them find new books, whether fiction or nonfiction and, or online resources and teaching students how to find reliable information on the internet even. We did just all kinds of things and I loved it. I happened to be in this elementary school and the administrator that hired me, I didn't know at the time how fantastic she was. This being my first permanent position, I don't think I really comprehended or grasped how well they were running things and how hard they had to work to do that. So that this particular administrator was constantly improving and trying new things for the purpose of each and every student in her classrooms in the whole school achieving what they needed to and meeting their individual needs as well as, of course, what they're required to do, meeting the standards from the state and the federal government and all the local things that were going on. And we just... There are so many things put on teachers that they are required to do. I found myself in an interesting position of being the librarian, not being in charge of a group of students all day long. I was able to take time and to help all of the teachers in that small school help them when they needed extra, maybe help with technology, I was able to do that. And maybe pull some things that they didn't have time to do, some really cool social studies things with the fifth graders and do research projects and teach them how to create interactive PowerPoints about it and just make it really come alive to them and work with the teachers to do that. I was able to kind of step into the classrooms at different times as some extra help. And I observed amazing things. There was a first grade teacher who, um, and I can't even remember all the names of all the methods that they used, the cooperative learning and all these things that they used. But she had like just this well-oiled machine of little first graders who at the beginning of the year could not read or write very much, had no structure, had no comprehension of how just a normal school day would go. As kindergartners, they still don't have quite as much long periods of structured time where they're sitting. First graders are required to do so much more, and yet she had these kids. I would walk in, and they would be in small groups where one small group would be reading together One small group might be doing a little activity on their own, but here in a small group, and she was reading one-on-one with a student and then trading when they were done and they were talking quietly and when they were finished, they knew exactly what to do next and she never raised her voice. They, they knew exactly what was expected and it, and it was just 
beautiful and they were learning and they were singing songs and as they would walk through from recess back into the school they would be singing our state song and they would read these beautiful living books and uh, I've just never seen anything like it and I'm like wow I did not even know this was possible and and while she would put out fires there'd be maybe a a disagreement between some students and she'd calmly help them resolve it and I was just blown away and that kind of thing happened throughout the school and the the administrator supported her teachers she supported the students she supported the parents as I got married and I took a look around me I realized something I realized that this was the students were so blessed to have this kind of environment. But I looked at the teachers and I saw that to make this happen, to make every student meet every student's needs and make sure that, okay, the, the, we test regularly, this student's falling behind in reading, let's meet, let's pull them out and have them, there was just an, or math or whatever it was, they, and how, oh my goodness, the creative ways that they would implement their lessons and do all these things was so powerful for the students, but it required these teachers to go above and beyond. They were there early in the morning. They were there late at night. They came in at weekends. They took work home with them. They were constantly working to make sure that everything that needed to happen for these students happened. And all of a sudden, when I got married, I realized, I don't want this. (laughs) I love this for the students. And if I were to have children, I would... I would want them in that woman's classroom that I discussed, that first grader's classroom. I would want my kids in that room. But I did not want to be one of those teachers. And not because I didn't respect them, because I so, so respected them. But I saw the toll that that took, and I saw how much work it required to be that effective and for a large group of students to meet federal and state requirements and also meet individual student needs, you had to jump through so many hoops. And I just didn't see it happening in any other school that I had been in um, because it's not feasible and it's not healthy as an individual, as a teacher, to have to be that intense all the time and maybe maybe there, maybe it's possible maybe there are ways that you can really meet every individual student's needs and also have meet your own family's needs but I didn't want that for myself and I could feel myself even though I loved what I was doing I could feel myself starting to pull back where I had, you know, as I said, I was in a hurry. I wanted to do everything. When I got to that school, I got in every committee. I got in every meeting. I was, I, I was the one who knew how to um, fix the laminator and and change the the printer ink. And I knew where everything was. And I wanted to help everybody. And I was, I was just doing everything. And I felt myself pulling back because I, I felt pulled to be. A, a wife and eventually a mom and I knew that this was not a place I could do that and be successful so I love I'm so grateful for my time there I loved the students I love the students still and the, and the parents there and the other teachers and I still am in contact with them and the administrator but I couldn't do it anymore and I pulled out until um when I got pregnant we had I was married for 
you know, a year and a half and we got pregnant around two years and we got pregnant. Um, we bought a house and then found out that we were expecting our first child. And I said, Nope, that's it. I'm not. And my husband was so supportive that I want to stay home. I was ready to stay home as just a wife. And that didn't make any sense to me. Why would I even want to do that? I've loved teaching, but I was ready to be home. We bought a little place in the country. It's not a lot of land, but there's land around us that we were able to use. And I'm, I'm like, I don't even know. I want chickens and I want to make this house amazing. And I want it to be a place where people come and I want to be prepared for children and Um, I just want to, that's what I want to do. What is happening to me? And so we got, when we found out we were expecting, I told them that I would be quitting at the end of that year. He was due at the end of May or mid-May. He came at the end of May, (laughs) but, uh, I told them that when I, when I had the baby, I would be leaving. Um, so I was able, I took a year's leave of absence. They talked me into that just to make sure you might want to come back. But I knew, I knew that I would not. So um, and my first name is Ezekiel. We call him Zeke. And when he was born, all I wanted to do was stay home. And that's what we ended up doing. So my husband, um, he worked for a water, the local, um, water plant. He was a water operator and sewer operator. And then, and I stayed home and it was amazing. Um, but let me tell you, we, we've had, three children now in the, in the years since then. So our oldest now is almost six and we have a four-year-old and two-year-old. And, um, this is, this is really getting fun. As much as I loved the baby years, watching him start to learn to read has been incredible just in the personality. So this has been my favorite phase by far. Um, and I never honestly, assumed that I would homeschool my children. I assumed that I would be kind of like my mom and teach and they would come wherever I would teach wherever they needed to go and make that happen. But, um, it wasn't even a thought by the time I got there, I knew I'm going to want to homeschool them. So I had a, a really dear friend who had children a little bit before I did, and she started throwing out this Charlotte Mason word, and I and I and she lives a few hours away. We would visit each other. We grew up together, um, but I would go visit her, and I'd see a little bit of it, and I'd see her post some things on Instagram, and I loved it. And she was she would throw out these words, Charlotte Mason and living books and all these things, and I'm like, what? what is this about? So I, I'm like, how do I find out more about it? How do I learn about this? So she sent me some podcasts to listen to, um, recommended some books. She just kind of gave me a general overview of what they did. And I just dove in. I dove into, I was listening to everything I could about it. I've been watching everything, reading everything I can, I can get my hands on. Let me be honest, I don't do as much reading as I'd like <laughs> with three little ones and Uh, My husband and I also now run our own handyman business, so I help with that, Um, volunteer a lot at church, and it just, it doesn't happen that much (laughs) anymore. So I'm listening to audiobooks, and I'm listening to podcasts a lot as I'm working on things, as I'm folding laundry and doing dishes and driving, and, and I've been just immersing myself in it, trying to comprehend and understand what I'm reading. And the more I learn, the more I see a lot of these things that I learned in education that were ideal, but didn't happen 
very often. Charlotte Mason thought of them a long time ago (laughs) and they work so much better when it's your family and in your home and you don't have a class of 30 children, but you're meeting the needs of these one or two or three, five, seven children, but you're one-on-one able to implement these things so much easier. I can't even say easier, so much more effectively. And it's just this beautiful thing. So I want to share a little bit of what in this series of, of some of the Charlotte Mason methods. I'm no expert. I'm learning so much all the time. Um, one thing that I, I have found very helpful, a lot of people that I heard in different podcasts and things I've listened to, they would say, oh, what made you choose Charlotte Mason homeschooling? And they said, well, I read for the children's sake. And I kept hearing that come up. So I have listened to that over and over. And I just, it the way it helps me reset my mind to how I think about my children and their capabilities and what they're, what they're able to do and what I'm able to help them with and how I think of them, it has helped so much. So I... I'd love to do a series just on going through that book and it takes Charlotte Mason method, even though Charlotte Mason isn't exactly in the, in the title or anything, it uses the Charlotte Mason methods and just kind of simplifies things so that, you know, fit it in a small book that is easy to read and easy to understand. Um, but I want to go deeper and I want you to go deeper with me. So I want to go through this process of learning and growing together with you So if you are in the same spot, maybe you are um, thinking about homeschooling, maybe you're in the trenches already, you're already there and like, uh, how can I make this better? Let's grow together. I know my soon to be six year old, I'm going to be jumping in head first here. We've already started some things in preparation as he's ready and as he wants to, and I'll share a little bit about that, but as we're really preparing to jump into this, all of a sudden I feel so unprepared. I know that's such a common feeling. I feel it's like, oh, I'm terrified. What if I mess up? What if I miss something and he lacks something? And I I feel that fear from so many homeschooling parents, especially at the beginning. Like, what if I mess something up? What if I miss something? What if my child is is not as successful as they could be because I have forgotten something? So let's take a deep breath. All we can do is what we can do, but we can do more together. And I hope to learn from you to have some other friends that are in the trenches too, who I am excited to interview and have some different, I know they have some great tips and insights and we'll look into some books and some methods and some strategies that I think will be really helpful for me as I'm getting started and I hope for you as well. So thanks for listening today. Thank you for getting to know me a little bit and I hope this series is helpful for you. So thanks for listening and growing together with me. See you next time.